Welcome to another show. Welcome to a Tuesday. It is Tuesday, right? <laughs> Hopefully you guys are having an outstanding morning. Hopefully we can get you started right, get this day going good for you. Got a few topics I want to hit today that might be helpful. You want to participate in today's show, you can do that by dialing in at 1-424-373-5483 or 1-424-DSD-LIVE. If you're outside of the United States and you want to try to connect into the show and you don't want to play international calling, you can do that via the web at https colon slash slash www.callinstudio.com slash show slash DSD-LIVE. All this information is also in the video description in the show notes if you want to participate. And Tuesday... Today's the day that uh, my youngest has to go get her, her ID and everything for her sophomore year in high school. So we got to do that at uh, do that this morning. It's amazing how time just flies by. It seemed like just the other day it was summer. Now it's almost over. Got some people coming in, which is great. Let me just double check some things. All right. Got people from Australia. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We got a few people. I think we got some people from, if I remember correctly, we got some India, uh, somebody from India, Australia, United States, of course. Not many people in California because it's too darn early. <laughs> oh man. I love this song. It just kind of gets me going. So to start off, just a reminder, I'm not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you guys. Going, It's gone through something. Developed some tips and techniques that helped me get through it that I share with you. Provide that validation, that peer support. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes uh, most people don't understand, and it's it's good to have somebody that you feel that uh, that just gets it, that understands, that uh, can relate, and hopefully that you can see has made it through it, and that uh, you can have some hope that you're going to make it through it too, because I think you will. After doing this channel for four years, I've seen a lot of people who started out in the darkest of darks and have been able to get their lives back and minimize that impact of an ex that just tries to harpoon you all the time, which is kind of what this topic, the, the initial topic is going to be. But if you want to participate in the show, number again is one four two four three seven three five four eight three. All right, guys. So the, I, gotta, I was looking at some comments the other day, and I'm not going to use a person's name, but uh, this is what they had said. My ex-wife showed up at my job after four years with papers and a few pictures that I told her to throw out twice. I heard she was engaged, didn't really say anything. Just I've been wanting to give, uh, just wanting to give these to you, then just walked out. It killed me. What the heck did she want? She wanted to rub it in. See, th the thing is, is that these people want you to constantly be thinking about them. Attention is their, their, their main, I don't know, it's their main weapon and it's their main fuel. So if you're not responding to them, you're not, not uh, pining for them, sometimes they'll just do something just quite like this, like this person just said, to try to get you to, to, to exactly what this person's going through. It's been four years. Four years for this person, and out of the blue, you know, he's trying to keep keep her out of out of his head, trying to you know deal with it. And this rolls into a second part of this that I'll get into in a second. And then, person's engaged, basically wants to rub it in to to come back and give something that that you said, hey, get rid of it years ago. It was them looking for, okay, it's like, I want this person to think about me. I want to be in their head. What can I do to cause a communication to, to cause that to happen? And I had this happen multiple times on different things. It's either food was sent over, or pictures, 
Now, w- was anything ever that, that I wanted sent back? Of course not. <laughs> the things I didn't really care about are things that are you know, like, oh, here's, here's pictures from the wedding that I don't want anymore. Maybe you'll want them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> the thing is, is that this is what the person wanted. She wanted to scratch that old wound and have you thinking about her, have you thinking about what's going on. It's by design, and it happens a lot. And the sad part is, is that you know, now you're in this, you're wrecked, you're ruminating about everything, it's brought up all those old wounds, which rolls into the next part of this. It is critically important that you heal those wounds. What you want to have happen, you want to be at the space where when something silly like this happens, you don't, it doesn't affect you negatively to where you're completely spiraling out of control, that you almost laugh about it and just find it comical. Now, anybody who's in the early parts of this, thinking about any of this being comical is a really big stretch. It's uh, not something that, that uh, I... For me personally, whenever at the beginning I had a few people say, oh, you know, when my ex does stuff now, it's funny. I'm like, that's not funny. How, how could you even laugh at that? Didn't understand what they meant. I get it now. You get to the point where it's so ridiculous, even if, it, even if it's a flaming arrow or like 17 flaming arrows heading, heading your way, that uh, you can get to the point where you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I figured that would happen. You know, wow, that was kind of unique. Like this one. I mean, it'd even be like, wow, that's kind of unique. You're getting, I mean, think about it. If you think about it, if you peel the layers back a little bit, my wife showed up at my job. I mean, like showed up, didn't send it. Like personally came in to, th- to give him the papers and she's engaged, right? So think about it. She's in the midst, should be in the midst of marrying the person of her dreams, her new soulmate, but she's going out of her way to interact with her ex. I mean, it's telling, you know, the problem is, is that somebody who doesn't understand this or or is new at this is going to look at this and go, what the hell is going on? She's getting engaged. Why would she bring this? I told her to throw this stuff away forever. What's going, what does this mean? It just means that she wants you to think she, she's like, Hey, look at me, look at me. I'm moving on. I'm getting engaged. I'm not going to say it, but I, I just, oh, I, I just had this stuff. I, I, I want I, I just thought you might have it. I was going through your old stuff, and here it is. <laughs> it's amazing. They follow the same playbook. So for the person who wrote that, I hope that little snippet is helpful. Uh, if, if you get a chance, if you're struggling with this, check out my Mindset for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery playlist on the main YouTube channel. It goes in through a lot of this stuff. They're older videos. I'm a little younger in those videos. Less, I would say less gray, but I didn't have a beard at the time. So, you know, whatever. Less facial hair. Okay, I do have a caller. Uh, um, I won't use the name in case they don't want it on the air. And it says, my topic is about the father has failed to habeas corpus pick up orders and to habeas pick up motions and ex parte temporary order. The only, only after missing just two days of his parenting time, if he's going to weekends at his parents' time. Okay, I'm a little confused on that. But let's grab, let's grab area code 50580. Hello, you are on the air. Are you there? I hear something. I don't, I don't think, I'm here. oh, there we go. I was almost ready to return Hi. to the queue. How are you doing today? Not really good. I've come out with like trying to help get my answer in. I'm really nervous that I got a hold of you. So, oh, okay. No worries. So uh, if you could ex- I'm doing okay. ex- explain a little bit of what you meant, because I know the, the voice to the voice to text things sometimes mess, messes things up. So, so what's going on? Did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. 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 What's going on is um, I talked to, like, I was on a live stream last week with Alex and uh, Wendy 
nice. or whatnot. And um, I have a preemie, I have a preemie son, and um, my the father has missed Father's Day weekend and the weekend, you know, right after that. And then he filed a habeas corpus on me, and then uh, trying to find what's holding the child, and I'm not, you know, but for good reasons. And I've been following all the streams and stuff. But within just a 12 day period, he filed two of them and the ex parte order and getting temporary custody. And remind you, the judge hasn't heard, you know, none of this yet or whatnot. And he's not following CDC guidelines. So I'm kind of having a rough time with that. And I've actually been up all night preparing for my response to their motion. Did he get temporary custody or did that get? Yeah, he just got it. Friday. Like he just got it Friday. And we, um, we ordered the status quo agreement June 18th, which we've been implementing since February 28th. And then my lawyer was telling me, go ahead and just sign that to a final because this is going to help you out later to show he's not, you know, exercising his parenting time. Right. So as of June 18th, June 18th, he's only exercised 25.1% of his time out of our joint 50-50 plan. And then um, prior to the 18th, he's already missed 14 days already prior to that. And it's been 24 days prior to that since the infant's even been in his home. And then he goes and files a habeas corpus after Father's Day weekend and the weekend after that due to my premium getting hospitalized because of lung failure. So I was like, you know, it, it's, I don't know. Like, I don't it, know what to do. I'm having a real hard time with that. Yeah. So, so let me see. So he didn't get to see your guys' child on Father's Day because the, the baby was sick. Father's Day, yeah. Father's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I got doctor's notes, everything to back it up. The doctors even gave me an extra stack of papers talking about how important it is to follow CDC guidelines and everything, which he's not doing. He just got back from Florida and still hasn't been tested. And that's a high-risk state right now. We're in Oklahoma. Did, um, so, but does he physically have the child now, or is it just there's an order that says he has? Friday. Friday, they got another one. They got another habeas pickup order. And has he exercised that yet? Um, I mean, does he physically he, I mean, he has? Does, I mean, they take them, so he physically yeah, has they the kid? Yeah, he custody until the 20th. Okay, so he's just doing this to mess with you. He's just trying to stress you out. Yes, bad, yes, yes. And he's never, and um, since then, he's taken, the, he's taken that pickup order and he took it to the hospitals and everywhere saying, I lost custody and sh- using the Hague's pickup order as like a guardianship paper because he keeps saying guardianship to everybody and like just try to disable the WIC benefits, food stamps and everything. And I find it, I'm finding all this out. And then, um, so he's done that. And then, um, my, he took our son to the hospital and he's developed a behavior, um, that's an adjustment disorder to where he's rubbing his ears like every day, constantly for six days. And now he did that. At the beginning, when the father, like around four months, when the father first came into the, his life and trying to spend an overnight over there, and I asked the doctor, if something's wrong with his ears, and they said, no, this is self-soothing method. Then I get a call from the pediatrician last week saying, um, I just want you to know, and then she didn't know that, you know, I haven't seen my child in 12 days, because once that first pickup order got issued, he kept the child from me for 12 days straight on purpose, like willingly. Yeah, so he's punishing you. And so she told, yeah, yes, and then that's not yeah. the you got the pickup order for just missing two weekends, and then on top of that, now you're withholding him from me purposely, not seeing him, and then you took him to the doctor without me knowing, and they wouldn't tell me nothing because you're telling him I lost custody, and then I had to go to the pediatrician, and she says, well, I'm going to documentate that this issue that the father brought him in for is something I mentioned to you. You know, like at, when he was four months, because he's 11 months, he'll be 11 months on the 16th, 11 months old. And then so he said, she said, I'm going to put this in a note saying that I've discussed this with you previously, saying that that's just like a self-soother, like a baby going a blanket, such right, a right. Thumb, you know, or something like that. But he's done it for six days constantly on both ears, and the father's thinking it's earache. So like, that's made me extra, you know, like, hey, we need to do something because, I mean, you're disrupting his... You know, time and now since Friday, I haven't had no contact. He won't talk to me or nothing. So, like, I've been just following my response as we, like, as we speak. And then when I was on the Wendy and um, Alex show or whatever, they talking about how Hagee's corpus and stuff is 
like a, a last remedy, you know, and stuff like that. And again, I've never heard of it, so I got followed it. So that's where I'm at, you know, because I'm typing up my responses now, but I'm just, I don't know what to, what to do. And DHS is even on my side. They don't even think it's good for him to even be over there. And what? like they're on my side and everything. And so it's like everybody right. but the judge is not on my side. But again, she hasn't heard anything. Well, and, and that's the problem, right? I mean, so the judge is taking, is going to believe his side of the story, error in the side of caution, and make you jump through all these flaming hoops. So, I mean, your, your best course Correct. of... Correct, and then yeah. that's because I kept trying to modify, I kept trying to modify custody on the 18th when he wanted, my lawyer was like, let's go ahead and just sign this into, you know, stipulated plan right. so you can keep your documentation. So that's what I've done. And now it's like, the only good news about this is now that he's, following all this stuff and a motion to modify, even though two weekends isn't enough to modify, his actions have showed, you know, a change of circumstances and stuff. Now, and now I can say, you're fighting over two weekends, four days, you know, prior to, you've already missed 14 days out of this month. Yeah, and that's... So, I mean, that, that's the only good news, and that's what I'm right. holding on to, you know. And, like, but, now, thanks to him, I get to bring all this in without costing, you know, me and my attorney motions and stuff. The file, and then when we did get out of the hospital, the nurse even released us to go try to get on the emergency docket because of the situation. But um, I filed the wrong thing because my attorney was out of town. I filed a protective order, and then the judge was like, I can't give you legal advice, but it's called something else you need to file in regards to the health of, health of the baby. But I can't hear no more till this matter comes before me. So yeah. that's what happened with that. And then the reason I didn't seek it again was because our thing said go to mediation first. So I didn't want to get in trouble for, you know, filing something without going to mediation. But I found out he filed two things on me already prior to mediation day. Yeah. So I'm just really having a hard time on, you know, whatever. But I'm, you know, I've been blessed to get through to you and then like with Wendy and Alex. And I've been following up this whole time. I've been going through this custody battle since December. Yeah, your best course of action on this is to, I mean, try to calm yourself down, right? Because part of this by design is to get you spun up and to get you, I mean, to, to drive you crazy. And, and, and you're worried about your kid. You're worried about the future. You're like, don't understand what's going on with the court system. Yeah, and then during this time, he's put yeah. the baby in a crisis center. Yeah. He put the baby in a crisis center asking volunteers around our town to babysit because he needs help. When I'm the one that we have no daycare because of him being a preemie. Because last time he put him in daycare uh, when he was three weeks old, because he was a six-week-old uh, six infant, but, you know, technically three, and he got RSV and, and on breathing treatment and was hospitalized for a month. And that's when the judge got mad when she said, I'll let you have a week visitation, and then this is what you do, you know, when the doctor's orders specifically yeah. say he can't even be in daycare or even out in public after eight weeks at that. And so, like, it's been just the daycare thing's been my issue. So, yeah, he's really put me through a lot, and I'm trying to get into the twenty. Well, yeah, I, I, I can. I mean, I completely understand your stress and anxiety on this, and it probably drives you crazy too because you're probably thinking, "How in the hell can someone do this to their own child?" And and, and the problem. Yeah, and like, yeah. all, these times, all these times that you, all these times that you know you miss and stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's fine with me because I'm less than half my. It's my first kid. He's got yeah. eleven kids. His youngest is thirteen. And this is like my rainbow baby because I had missed her a long time ago. So it's like, you're just putting me through heck. I mean, you're just putting me through heck or whatever. Right. And um, I found out I was pregnant after I broke up with him. It's what it was. Like a month after I broke up with him, I found out I was pregnant. Yeah. And so that's how I, that happened. I was done with him after like, him trying to play at least one game game with me. And I, I cut him off. And so that was the end of that. And he said that I was the only one that's ever, I guess, cut it off after the first you know, finding something longer when he done me wrong. And I said, well, that's why he doesn't, we don't get along, I guess, because I'm the only one that wants to submit to him. And then all this behavior he's done, I've learned his narcissist and stuff. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, it's, you're, you're trying to drink from a fire hose, learning what's going on and dealing with it. Uh, you're, the, the main thing that you have to do is just focus on the facts, right? I mean, you have a tremendous yeah. amount of information that when you finally get in front of the judge, you can say, look, you know, I absolutely want the father to be, or my child to have the father in their life. I do. I mean, you know, but at the same time, there's this pattern of behavior that is, a, is problematic. You know, 
are I, and if your yeah. attorney hopefully can say, look, your honor, what it looks like happened is he wasn't able to see the kid on Father's Day because the child was in the hospital. Yeah. And here's the doctor's note mm-hmm. to say it's it's legit. And my client yeah. would have been fully prepared to make it up some other time. You know, I mean, but but you have you have a bunch of information to show what's really going on. And, and, and see, the thing is, you have to stay calm about it. And I know it's hard to do, but especially when you go into court, yeah. because you want no, I even like, no, even, that's, that's why I was afraid to go to mediation because I said I'm not, my attorney was out of town and I said no I'm going to pass because I'm not trying to show y'all not none of my hands not right, none of my yeah. deck cards because I don't want y'all trying to use not one thing because I'm telling you when I go in there I'm going to you know get into the wall because y'all don't know what I have everything documents and I even downloaded yeah. a pattern tracker yesterday all these like one incidents where he's denied me visitation that's one tracker one paper you know right. so it's like a pattern for like all these months with yeah. the same topic so yeah. I even done that too to show up a continuing behavior yeah and and, so, and the sad I mean, I'm not on top of this stuff but it just gets real bad of course so, of course sometimes because you feel like you're getting yeah. hit every, and then I heard you every time you turn. I already listened to one of your videos while ago. And then I heard your phone number came up in my notifications, just the bell. And I just started calling. Look, I got through. So I feel a lot better because, again, everybody I've spoken with, you, you've done everything right. You're trying to protect your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's. And he still hasn't been tested. And he's got back from sports, so he still hasn't been tested. And and and, and and probably my guess would be because this is very typical too, is because that's important to you. He'll never do it, right? I mean, it's 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 th- that's what's so crazy about people like this is that they don't. It, it's 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 almost a, well, it's a very infantile way of thinking. Most of the people who have that was my worst fear back then. Yeah. The week he had him back then in December, I was like, oh my god, he's in daycare. So I was like, he's gonna get sick. He ain't supposed to be there. What happens? I get a call a week later. He's in the hospital with RSV. And I'm like, I mean, I, I wasn't wishing it on him, but that's how I've been the far as I've seen it. Well, he's six weeks, he'll be all right. Technically, he's three weeks. I mean, that's how he, he just acts like he's just a regular, you know, healthy baby. And again, yeah. if he was, I probably really, you know, I wouldn't trip. I'm still going to get you on the 20th. But since he's been hospitalized since COVID, you know, and everything, and that was five minutes after him interacting with him from Florida, that alone could have just been what set him back. Yeah being hospitalized for two days. Well, so that's like I said, he just doesn't take it so seriously. And people that know us personally know she's going to um, freak out again or whatever, then concerns are not going to go away because she knows her son is safe. If he was if he was safe with him, I would have no care in the world. Yeah. I would use this week to clean house, you know, do whatever I wanted to do or whatever. But no, I'm sitting here preparing and preparing and preparing and extra preparing right. for my court day on the 20th. It's on the 20th? Well, at least that, this month, yes. well, at least that's not too far away. So no, it's next Thursday. He filed. He filed the first pickup order July first, and then they filed motion to modify July thirteenth. Filed uh, pickup order again on uh, Friday, August seventh, and the ex parte order, template order. All of that was not even in a month's timing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, you're, you're, you got everything. I mean, you're doing everything the way you need to do it. Just stay the course, get your documentation together. Hopefully your attorney is on top of it. And on the 20th, you can get this resolved. So I hope you. I appreciate your help and everything. And I didn't mean to take up all your time, but I don't even know how long it's last. I'm first time catching the live. Only because I've been up all night. Trying to get ready. And if I watch your videos, I can never catch your live. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you caught it. Well, hey, thanks for calling, Melissa. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and you have a blessed day. You too. See, guys, you know, this actually goes right back into what we were talking about at the beginning, right? And and this is there's been a few people on here who've been experiencing things like this, and I've even experienced things like this. It's like whenever things don't go their way, they start they they think of creative ways to make make your life a living hell. Oh really? You're not going to bend to my my uh, my demands? Well, I'm going to make I'm going to file these these ex parte orders. Or the person that we talked about, who's up in Canada? Oh, I'm going to threaten to say that you're kidnapping the kid and you're not letting him fly across the country back to back to California from the wet, uh, East Coast. You know, I mean, I, see the crazy part is 
is a decent parent, in my opinion, this is just my thought. A decent parent would say, okay, it's COVID. There's concerns. I don't want to risk my child, but I want, I want FaceTime. I want to be able to talk to my kid or see them on video chat. Now I get a preemie. That's problematic. But, uh, you know, because they're young, right? I mean, it's a premature and I had a premature baby. So I understand what the stress, extra stress she's going through because I mean, I wasn't going through a divorce at that time, but, uh, it was incredibly stressful because there's all kinds of complications. My son had breathing, still has breathing problems, but oh my God, we had to call the ambulance on him a few times for breathing issues. Uh, he was hospitalized for it. I mean, he was in the NICU for a long time. So, I mean, I get that, that there's a whole nother, another area, uh, area of stress. And then you add on somebody who doesn't really care, who, whose sole goal is not spending time with their kid. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy, right? I mean, it, and I mean, maybe there's more to the story, but more than likely not. And it's like, okay, you did this. Well, I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to strip you of, of custody. I'm going to tell everyone that, uh, that uh, you know, you, you lost custody. This must be something really wrong with you. See, and that's the thing, you know. It's like sometimes, and, and, it's, and it's hard, okay, it's hard to know what the real, uh, what the real story is, right? Because it, be, it could be a bunch of different things. But I have seen where somebody will just go for, for custody just to hurt the other person. It's not about spending time with the kids. It's not about being, you know, the best parent and trying to give the child the best environment. I mean, there's some people that that is the case. I mean, I would have loved to have done that. I just couldn't, in my mind, I couldn't come up with a, I didn't know about narcissistic personality disorder or personality disorders at the time. Just to be clear, my ex has never been diagnosed with anything. But had I known, I would have pushed some extra stuff and uh, uh, tried some different things. But at my, in my situation, I'm like, well, how can I make an argument that a stay-at-home mom shouldn't have full custody or shouldn't have, you know, shouldn't have 50-50? To me, it was like, it doesn't even make sense. I can't come up, I mean, unless there was a reason. And, and NPD, I think, a personality disorder, I think could be a reason. If you can get a diagnosis, then you, you know, you might as well go for it, right? But... It's just amazing. You know, talking about best interest of the, of the kids, I remember a time where my son had a, he, he's got cerebral palsy and he wasn't able to walk. So the school was calling saying, hey, he's not able to, to walk. We're having to put him in a wheelchair. He's in pain. You know, ring, 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 ring. I called the ex. I'm like, hey, um, you know, school's saying he's in, a, you know, he's in a lot of pain. And he goes, yeah, but he's not in constant pain. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I call the pediatrician and they're like, yeah, we can get him in. We can get him in at three today. We got an appointment. Yeah, he needs to get in. Let's call her back. And I'm like, hey, uh, got an appointment for him, three o'clock. Do you want to take him or I'll take time off? I'll take him. And the response was, he has a hair appointment. You can take him tomorrow. <laughs> I lost my mind. <laughs> I was actually at work. I got loud. I said some things that a, that a professional shouldn't say. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, are you kidding me? And the crazy part is the next day we were supposed to have our four-way attorney meeting. And I'm like, I got an appointment with his pediatrician. School calls me back saying, hey, you know, we're really worried about this. I'm like, look, I got an appointment with the pediatrician today. Mom won't take him. Says he's not in constant pain. So, you know. It's not a problem. What ended up happening is a few, uh, you know, hour or so later, or not that much longer ago, but the school called and said, hey, he's in constant pain now. So I get a voicemail saying, well, he's now in constant pain and I'm taking him to urgent care. <laughs> didn't even take him to the, didn't even take him to his pediatrician appointment. I'm laughing now. It wasn't funny then. But see, I mean, that's just it. It's like, oh, you don't tell me what to do. You know, it's like not even thinking about what's in the best interest of the kid. It's what's in the best interest of me or in the situation, her, and 
And I ain't doing what you want to do. You want to do that? I'll do something completely different. You want him to go to his pediatrician? I'll take him to urgent care or the emergency room or whatever. It's crazy. It is crazy. Ah. Anyways, if you want to participate in the show, it's one four two four three seven three five four eight three. I'm going to look a little bit at the comments. We're about uh, half at the midpoint of the of the show of the day of the morning. Let's see if I can see some of the some of the comments that have been going on. Or actually, what I'm going to try to do, this may not work. This may not work. We're going to try it. I'm going to try to punch Debbie in and see if she can say what's going on in the comments. Hey, are you there? Mm, yes. Hey, I think it's working. So what's going on? Hey, so we're trying to give some supports here to Bearcats. Oh, okay. What's What's going on with Bears? Well, you know, just we just said we're all here to, at least in my opinion, we are here to help each other. And, um, you know, sometimes the comments are really easy to just send out a quick little, you know, hey, that's great. Or, wow, glad you're here. Or, yeah, I agree with that comment. But then there are those that are really, really suffering and they're letting us know where they're at. And, you know, we don't want to just say, gosh, hope it works out for you. Uh, Here's a good book for you. You know what I mean? And I I just feel like sometimes you need that little extra layer. So, oh yeah, um, definitely. So if we, if we're in the, the discord, you know, you can kind of take your time a little bit. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, go a little back and forth because what's happening is in the situation like this is that I'm not reading any other comments. I'm focused on that person who really needs some extra. Right. No, I see what you're saying. Okay. So I, I see the comment says basically just really suffering with, uh, I've fallen into a funk of depression suggestions to get up and get moving again. Right. So let me, let me chat about that for a little bit. Does that sound good? Okay. So, you know, first bear, sorry, you're going through that. And, um, it's super, it's super tough. And what I, I mean, I see it's, it's like these reoccurring patterns that even happen with us, right? I mean, the, the people on the other side have, have issues and then, you know, we have our own things that we deal with and it's, unfortunately it's, it's common to go through these cycles and I would fall into this a lot. It's like, I would be doing really well, everything would be going great. And then just everything, the bottom would kind of drop out of it. Now, the first thing I would say is if it's getting severe, hopefully you can reach out to a professional therapist who can really help, you know, dial in on what the specifics are. Uh, and I, that's what I had to do. I mean, I was going to, ended up going to a therapist once a week for a while because it just kept getting worse and worse. My funk and depression was getting just, it wasn't improving. It's like every day was getting worse. I think the other thing that sometimes happens is we go in phases. It's like you heal from something, you get, you get stable, and as soon as like your subconscious feels like, okay, things are pretty good, if they are maybe, you know, other times things happen to make it, you know, it's kind of knock you back down. But what would sometimes happen with me is like everything should be good, and then it's like, okay, well, now you can deal with all the stuff that you haven't been able to deal with because you've been, you've been basically in this, this – uh, you know, uh, flight or fight mode for so long. And now there's some stability. So let's let some of that, that trauma that you haven't had an opportunity to deal with to come in. So I just want to say to everybody through the, who's going through this is this is going to go in cycles and you need to be prepared for it because if you're not, and this is what happened to me when you're not, and you're feeling pretty good and you crash, it's like you crash farther down than you were before. And for, for me, when that happened, I was like, Oh my God, you know what? I, I thought I was, you know, things were bad before, but now things are, are, should be better. I should be doing better. And now I've just hit, I've hit rock bottom. Now to also just add another caveat into into this. I mean, so that's one scenario, but the other scenario is, is when external stressors happen, like, uh, you look in your checkbook and it's like, Oh my God, I have five cents 
and I don't get paid for 15 more days or I don't get paid until the first. Oh, crap. That'll cause your mood to completely tank. So sometimes it's also external. It's external. Bottom line, the, 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 none of this crap is fair right? It's like we go through these, these tough relationships or even, you know, with what bear, I'm not sure what bears details are, but even that other person, you know, I mean, you're just constantly being bombarded with extra stress and you can only handle so much. I mean, it's, it's really important to, to learn techniques to help you through that. And it's not easy. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I am better at dealing with it now, but I still have my problems where (laughs) Debbie can attest to this, that, um, you know, for, for like no apparent, well, I'd say no apparent reason, but what happens is now is I'll, I'll start to crash. I'll start to feel like I'm going down. And most of the times now I can say, okay, all right, I'm having this mode or this mood slash mode. What's going on? What, you know, what is the catalyst for this? Sometimes, lately, it's been because uh, I forget to take all my, my medication, <laughs> all the stuff for my diabetes and, and uh, all the other, you know, the pile of old man pills that my doctor has given me. And I can be like, oh, yeah, hell, that happened the other day. It was like, actually, I think it was on Friday. You know, kids came over, we were having a decent time, a lot of stress with work. I mentioned that. You know, later in the afternoon, or maybe it was Saturday, I can't remember what day it was, but I just, it, I was filling out of it. Come to find out, I completely missed a whole day of all my stuff, and I ate horribly. I'm like, oh, well, no wonder. No wonder I was feeling like garbage, you know? Um, so that's kind of what, what happens as you, as you, you know, you learn skills to how to help you with that, is you can kind of take an external view out of it, or like a, you know, 30,000 foot view, and kind of look at like, okay, what's the catalyst? What happened? I, I remember talking to someone a couple of years ago, they were freaking out. It's like, oh, everything's horrible. You know, I'm ready to give up, you know? And I'm like, okay, what's going on? Well, I just got off of a 16 hour shift as a nurse, you know, working in an ER. It was a guy and, uh, and you know, all this stuff is going on. I'm like, dude, you, you, you've had no sleep. And I think they were getting sick too. I mean, and this was a few years ago. This is before COVID. I'm like, you know, take a breath, get some rest and hit the reset. Yeah. Bear says, thanks to Wayne. I need to pick up my chin and keep moving forward. And I don't, and, and, and I hope that that doesn't sound, you know, cause I don't, I don't want it to be you know, like diminish what you're going through. Cause, because it's serious. It is. You know, and, and I know whenever, when I was going through my stuff, if someone said, oh, you just need to suck it up. I wanted to suck it up. I so wanted it to go away. I would have done anything to be able to, to hit the reset button. It's just a lot harder than that. You know, just know that you're not alone on it. And, uh, there are people, I, I see some people talking about the discord. Actually, bears, I thought you were on the discord to be honest. Um, and, and if people are looking, uh, are not familiar with that, I wonder if I can pull that up real quick. I'll just do this. If you go to the, the main YouTube page, the dad surviving divorce YouTube page in the banner, which is just horrible. Like I need to fix that. Uh, the far right bottom icon is the invite link for the discord. So click on that and it'll get you over into, into that. So, man, it's, it's. It, you know, it's it's incredibly unfair how hard all this stuff is. And it can make you feel crazy. It can make you feel like you're losing your mind and that you won't ever get get your life back. I mean, I know I felt that way. I know in, in the first couple of years of this, and it went in phases. Actually, it was like it started out really bad. The divorce was final. Things calmed down. Then it didn't calm down. <laughs> and then it calmed down again. And I met Debbie. And things were great. And then the kids met Debbie. And it was like, release the Kraken. <laughs> it was it was horrible. Not with between Debbie and I, but but I mean just it's like the ex was like, Oh, how dare you move on? Wait, no, no, no. 
you are going to think about me and you're going to be stuck in this mode. Oh my God. She had child support services coming after me. I had, I had all kinds of stuff happening and it was just like, what? And that was a time I realized that I hadn't completely healed because all those things that I thought I had healed from and didn't bother me came back. That PTSD was insane. It was horrible. I, I, it, it was like everything just ha- it had just happened. I was so angry, so frustrated. My little conversations with Debbie went from talking about the future to just being an angry, angry person. Not a good time. To be perfectly honest, I'm glad, I'm surprised we made it through it. Anyways, I see, I see Divorce Papa did the boop thing. Speaking of that, if you guys like what I do and you want to support this, you can become a channel member. You can do that by going on the YouTube page and just hitting join. And if you do, you get to go do cool things like the boop that Divorce Papa did. You get a cool badge by your name and you help support the channel. I like John. John Boston says, how dare you, Dwayne? I know. How dare I? And, you know, it like goes back to the, it's, it's amazing how all this stuff intertwines. You know, you go back to the original talking points, the original comment on this about the person whose ex showed up at their job to drop off papers and pictures while they're engaged. You know, I mean, it's just like, how dare you not think about me? I was like, oh, maybe you didn't heard, so let me rub it in. Or, or maybe not rub it in, but just make you think about me enough that you're going to look, that you're going to figure out that I've moved on, that I'm doing better. Anyways, so look a little bit uh, at the comments. Oh, I see Debbie had said, holy cow, Bears, I cannot tell you how many times I have been there. You are not a downer. No, no, you're not a downer. You know, and, and see, that's the other hard part about this is we get on the point where we start beating ourselves up. See, the goal is, is we, I hope that this community can help pull people back up, you know, give them a little boost of energy. And on that, that, that's why the discords, I mean, it's a smaller subset of this community and it's a, it's another good place. It's not on Facebook. You don't have all the, you know, all the, the, I mean, Facebook is such a tough place to be on. You know, it doesn't generally provide support for people. It just seems to make things worse and worse. So anyways, oh, I need to double make sure I'm over here. If you guys want to call in, it's one four two four three seven three five four eight three. If you're outside the United States, you can do it through www.callinstudio.com slash show slash DSD live. And that will uh, get you into the web type interface. So I'm going to turn that down. Uh, when I was, let's see, Shane says when I was in the, when I was in the hole and didn't have the kids, I would come home from work and self isolate and sleep. You know, Shane, I did the exact same thing. It was really weird, right? It's like, I would have the kids and in some ways it was helpful, right? Cause I had to put my game face on. So I had to basically just shove everything down and try to put on a smile, even though I think the kids knew, right. That I wasn't doing so great. And then when they weren't there, it was exactly what Shane said. I would basically come home, sleep, take, take stuff to help me sleep, and just completely crash. And I was a zombie at work, just kind of like going through the motions, and it was a really tough time. You know? and, and what's crazy about it when you're in those modes, when you're in those moods, it feels like it's going to be your forever. It feels like, oh my God, this is my life. This is the nightmare of my life, and there's no way around it. How am I ever going to be able to get out of it? The problem is, well, not the problem. The reality is, is that we have to heal from this, right? It, it's, it's like, I've often said before, it's like a physical wound. If you break your leg, while well, you, know, you got a compound fracture, you're not going to be able to go and do a, uh, a marathon or a Tough mutter or something the next day. You're going to have to go to the emergency room. You're going to have to get it set and fixed. You're going to have to have it casted up. Depending on the damage, you might need additional surgeries to do that, which is going to extend your recovery time even more. Then when you get to the point where you're, the, the bone and the, the wound is, is effectively mended, then you have to start physical therapy. 
And if you don't do physical therapy, I mean, if you blow th- physical therapy off, you're not going to heal. And potentially you could lose, uh, you know, you can damage yourself more. I mean, these emotional wounds are very similar. However, I, I do think that there is a case that if we screw up on the physical therapy side, like with a physical wound, if you do that, if you lose capability, you may never get it back. But I think that if you, know, you do the wrong thing going down the process, that once you finally decide to start modifying your approach and doing something different, I think you can get back to where you need to be. And I look at that because I look, I mean, I, I'm, okay, I'm using myself as an example. You know, 40 some odd years of being in a toxic home, toxic marriage, you know, surrounded just with muck and finally starting to see the light and making changes. And emotionally, I'm doing a thousand times better. Now, I mean, I guess technically I could say that there's probably physical damage that's happened because of the stress over the years, but emotionally, I feel better than I ever felt ever, ever. You know, I look back on the days that I, that back in the old days, whenever I did feel like I was doing good, it was, uh, it was just, how, what's the right word? It, it was, a, it was a fraction of how I feel now. Now I wish I was younger and had that little bounce in my step that I used to have, but keep in mind that back in the day I was like, geez, you know, before I got divorced, I, I think, I can't remember what I weighed when I got divorced, but I remember at one point during the marriage, I got up to like 295 pounds. I'm 6'2", 295. That's a big dude. I was not a healthy person. Wasn't feeling well. And uh, I was doing good at work. I mean, that's yay for that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, not, as, I'm not as healthy as I would like to be. But I'm getting there, slowly but surely. Let's see, where are we at? Shauna says, I, I'm so used to being single that I'm starting to think I might just stay this way for the rest of my years. You know, I don't even think that's necessarily a bad way to go. And I don't know what else you've said, but I just, I, that kind of, that caught my eye. And it's critically important that we get to the point where we're okay with ourselves, right? Because if you're okay with yourself, if you're like, you know what? I like, I like being alone. Now I, I get that it can go the other way, right? It could be, you can be like, oh, I'm alone and I'm never going to let anyone in and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep my, my shields up. I don't think that's necessarily, that's not what I'm saying. But if you can get to the point where you're like, man, you know what? I'm a happy person. I like my space. I like my house. And uh, I'm just not going to let anybody into that environment. I mean, even if you were to leave that and move in with someone else or, you know, like, let's say, you know, you buy a house or something, you, you have to be okay so that that way, if you meet somebody, not that you're being hypercritical, but you can say, okay, do I like being around this person? Check. Yes. You know? Do I feel, you know, do I, does, does, is this, are we building each other up? Check, you know? And, and if you're looking at those things and, and if some of those things aren't being met and it's like, man, this person's a downer, you know, this person's, you know, making me feel unsure, you know, starting to get me to, to question myself. You can turn around and go, you know what? I'm okay alone. I don't mind being, I'm not paranoid about being, being, being single, you know, or dying alone or whatever. And I think it's super important to get to that point because that's when you're, you're at the stage where you can create healthy boundaries. Because you can look at someone and say, I want this person in my life. If, if it's the right person, right? Or you can turn around and say, I don't want this chaos in my life. For me, when I was in my, in my marriage, I would, I, would have those, or I would have those moments where I'm like, this is messed up. And I was talking about this the other day. But instead of saying, this is messed up and this is a deal breaker, I would turn around and say, okay, I don't want to push this because I don't want to risk the relationship. I think it's very important to, be, to, to get to the point that you're okay on your own. 
I like this. Mr. Skull says, tend to your own garden. I think he says, I think he means garden as opposed to guardian. Uh, before you invite others to visit. And he goes, yeah, <laughs> stupid autocorrect. Yeah, so it was garden. Anyway, and, and that's the thing, right? I mean, we, we have to take the time to spend to mend ourselves, to get ourselves back on track, to, to uh, make sure that we don't replicate the same, you know, same thing over and over again. It is so important to do that, to give yourself the time. The problem is it's really hard, right? Especially if you have an ex that's making you feel like you're unworthy, you're, no one will ever love you, that you're, you're, you know, you're going to be alone forever. And, and this will happen, I, I think this happens for both men and women, because I felt that. Um, and you, you can get yourself in a situation on that, that you're searching for a new relationship Almost to show the other person, see, I can still find somebody. I'm okay. I'm, a, I, you know, I'm not alone. And if when you're going at it that way, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're not doing it for you. You're not doing it because it's healthy. You're doing it because you're trying to do something else. And it's not fair to you, and it's not fair to anybody else. Personally, I am so grateful, even though it was hard at the time, I'm so grateful that I was not in a situation right after the divorce to really find anyone to date. I wanted to. I was trying. And here's the crazy part, guys. I got to the point, like for the first, I get confused on the timeline, like first year, year and a half, two years, I was worried about that. I'm like, oh my God, the best, I lost the best thing that ever happened to me. And then it rolled into, uh, you know, I'm never going to find anybody and then I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? It'll work out. I'm okay. I'm going to enjoy my time. You know, hey, I don't have anybody to go date with, so I'm going to go hang out with my, my buddies. I'll go do my photography stuff. Um, and uh, watch the batteries die on my lights. And, and just have a, have a good time. And what the crazy part was, as soon as I, not as soon, but like a couple of months after I got to that point where I wasn't, worried about it anymore. I wasn't mad about it. It wasn't like, you know, screw it. I don't need anybody. It wasn't that. It was like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay. You know, things aren't too bad. Yeah. Financially, I'm, I'm kind of been, I'm a wreck, you know, but I like my house. I like my environment. It's peaceful. Things are going good with the kids. It was getting better. I started to implement a lot of these techniques. And that's when I met Debbie. And, and the crazy part is, is when, when we first met, I was like, you know, I wasn't, I had little expectations of what it might be. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is just going to be, you know, the, the, the universe is putting this person in my path and maybe we'll just be friends. <clears throat> and, uh, I had, I had a very, you know, I didn't have any real big expectations. Six years later. <laughs> so. I kind of went off on a tirade on that. I hope that uh, I hope that made sense. If if you if you guys are still if, if people are still here and haven't left, <laughs> and that makes sense, give me a thumbs up in the in the chat. Anyways, man, this hour is just almost flown by. We only have a little bit of time left. Let's see. Looking through some of the comments. Oh, it looks like John had some good advice. Let me see if I can find what, what John said. It's hard to find stuff in the chat sometimes. It just Not that I have a fast chat. My, you know, you guys are really pretty good. It doesn't go too far, but it's just, it's tough whenever you're trying to do this in real time. Let's see. Oh, I'm going to grab this at the bottom. John says, uh, Dwayne, you, you need the time to find yourself and be open to have someone come into your life. I'm sure you had to get to the point of being calm and be open to begin in a new relationship. Absolutely. Hey, I'm going to, since we got a couple minutes, I'm going to tell a funny story <laughs> that I will not peel out and put as a separate little video clip. And that is the, the day that I, um, well, let me back up. 
So I was on dating apps, right? I think we all end up on dating apps. And I had, uh, I was on a couple of them. And I had somebody that I worked with like two, three weeks before this happened, pops up and says, uh, hey, baby, why are you on, you know, why are you on Plenty of Fish? I think it was Plenty of Fish. And I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like searching for my new ex-wife, a future ex-wife, right? And I just kind of made a joke out of it because I'm like, oh, crap. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need this. And uh, so I deleted that one. But I had a match account that I match.com I wasn't paying on, hadn't, hadn't uh, done anything with for a long time. I mean, I just, it was there every once in a while I would say, uh, you know, Hey, somebody looked at your profile and typically what I would do to cheat. So is I just say, okay, cause it would say somebody from, you know, town, you know, town, a looked you up, you know, whatever, you know, 35 year old. And I go search that area 35 and see who is active. Right. So I get this thing that says, hey, somebody a certain age in your town looked at you. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I look it up. It was my ex-wife. 92% match. We think this person's perfect for you. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm like, oh, dear God. So I'm like, oh, F this, right? I'm like, all right, how do I just delete this? I just need to be off this because I don't, you know, I'm not using it. And, and I had moved away from online dating. But a couple hours later, I think it was a Saturday, either Saturday or Sunday, you know, bing, this other person looked at you in a different town, close to an adjacent town. I'm like, you know, I, I do the, I do the clickety clack and I see that only one person has been online from that area. You know, everyone else hadn't even logged in for two weeks. I'm like, well, that's the person. Look at the profile. I'm like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. She's kind of cute. <laughs> I actually, I, I actually paid for the account just so I could send a note. Uh, and then uh, we, we talked like the next day, met each other, uh, we we kind of worked in the same area, not the same area, but in the same place ish, kind of, not really. Where I work is kind of weird. It's like a little town almost. Anyways, and uh, yeah, there you go. What, six six years? Uh, is it six six and a half years later? Anyways, I hope you guys appreciated that appreciated that little story. But I mean, honestly, it goes back to what, what John was saying, that comment I highlighted. I think it was John. You know, you have to, you have to hear yourself and heal yourself and you have to be open for something better. It's almost like you have to prove to the world, prove to God, prove to the universe that you've, you've learned the lesson and you're ready for the next phase of it. And uh, it, uh, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy how all that stuff goes. Let's see. Abort, abort, abort. Oh no, I missed something. Oh my, this is funny. I gotta, I gotta do this. Trisha says, every guy I've met on every dating app are like the entire male cast of Ozarks. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's, that is funny. What an analogy. I love that. I think honestly, guys, I think for the most part, I mean, even though I did meet Debbie on, on, uh, on, on the, uh, on a, technically we met on a dating app. I absolutely would not recommend them. Focus on building yourself, focus on getting yourself, you know, healed and, uh, and not focused on, on trying to find a new relationship. Just let it happen. Everyone I've ever known, as soon as, when they're freaked out about it, they just find garbage people and it just doesn't happen. And as soon as they finally let go and they're like, okay, then it's like the next person comes in. It's bizarre. I've seen it time and time again, you know, and and the thing is, is that you have to really be ready for it, right? I mean, you can't just say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready for the right thing to happen and and still have that, 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 that tense tension. Oh my God, we're almost out of time. So on that, geez, I lost track of time. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have another great conversation. 
Take care.